Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. This is the place that we love, 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 love to say. Jesus is the way. Everything else is a conversation. That's right. We just really love to say Jesus is the way. But because we like to say everything else is a conversation, we have a podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's the whole theme behind it, yeah. <laughs> Deli Tina joining me in our studio today. Nice to have you both. Nice to be here. Uh, yeah, we Tina. just started a six-part series on Sunday uh, called A New Life. And it is essentially out of uh, Colossians... Chapter three. So earlier in the year, it just seemed to be thematic, not necessarily intentional on our part, but kind of guided. We're trusting by the Spirit of the Lord, guided around giving and serving and and all those kinds of things. But what we're uh, what we're looking at now is Colossians Colossians three. So uh, uh, you were both uh, there at at varying capacities of awareness. Deli and I were talking <laughs> today. <laughs> Deli had a right. large prayer moment during the worship. Set and he's only going to be able to speak to the last ten minutes. Of yeah, the last ten minutes. Yeah, because he wasn't around for the first twenty. So I got the I got the punch at the end, right? Like the the ending exclamation point, you know. Or you could just tell them to listen to it on Christway.net yeah. for the shameless plug. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, so uh, the whole series is called a new life, taken from. The very first verse. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, right? So, I'm, uh, I, I referenced it out of the out of the message. Uh, but we were talking about not just new life, but uh, an aspect of new life. And and on Sunday, I talked about his perspective. Mm-hmm. His perspective. Yeah. How did he? What kind of things? Uh, I would love to hear you? from Delhi since he had. Uh, I also had a really powerful experience on Sunday. <laughs> All right, Andy, can you just read his wasn't the powerful first... for the his wasn't powerful because of the message. His was a God thing happening before yeah, the true. message that carried over that took okay. him out for twenty minutes. So Yeah. So... He won't be able to join us until twenty minutes in. <laughs> no, I mean I so I, I did re listen I listened to it. Okay. So I got the at Christway.net. At Christway.net. Yeah. Or, uh, or wherever your... you listen to podcasts. <laughs> yes, yeah, Podbean or whatever it is. Um but I did uh I don't know what what I started to um, piece together was um, just this. You gave the story right of taking these kids out and seeing trees and yeah. So the story was I was a literature teacher in high yeah. school, right? I take them out and just mm-hmm. write down on paper what hits you. Yeah, yeah. So you're I, out a field. Yeah, you know? and and just the varying degrees, right, of just sight. And then the varying degrees of the the senses, the kind of the barrier yep, yep. that broke into that as well. So I was, I was thinking about that in regards to this new life that we can be caught in, still caught in that old life because we're looking around, right, at what's going on, what's what's happening around us. When really it's we're looking past that barrier, right, past that barrier of what is this physical life that we're in right now to the spiritual life, the the heavenly realms, like, like it says, set your hearts on things above, right? Like that's what, um, that second part of that first verse says to me is set your heart on things above where Christ is like, not where he's going to be, not where he used to be. That's where he is. And so when you take yourself out of that physical realm place and you set yourself into that 
that spiritual realm place. That's where um, your eyes just start opening up, I guess. Then that's where I was. That's where I was sitting. Was I mean, that's really what happened when I was <laughs> on the worship on the worship team, sitting there, and I'm like, my word, like I am overwhelmed by the fact that He is sitting at the right hand of of God, like right now, like, yeah. and it just took me into this this awe and reverence of man, nothing nothing else matters right now. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I, and I don't want to lose that even when this finishes, even when this worship or whatever this feeling is that I'm feeling right now finishes, I don't want to lose touch with that. Right. Like that, because I mean, I was totally told you at lunch, I, I was totally in this hard spot for the last probably month of just feeling frustrated with all these things that was happening and interactions with people and all those things. And I, I was definitely not thinking, setting my mind on things above. <laughs> I was definitely not setting on the earthly things that are happening How right now. How very human of you. I know, right? So um, that's what was really hitting me for sure. Um, in that first, that first part, I was still trying to wake up from, from it, but I guess it was right in line with what you're reading anyway. So yeah, the, um, the exercise was that people would come back and talk about looking at things on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's, what they wrote down revealed their perspective. Mm-hmm. And then some would look beyond or up to the sky or birds or some would uh, hear things. Others, others felt, they're like, I felt the breeze on mm-hmm. my face. And so what kind, of, what kind of perspective do we bring? And this was a throwaway. <laughs> that was at the very end. It was, I had some notes, but it wasn't in my notes. And at the very end, I'm like, like, like Peter on the water, right? Like, that could have been a 20 minute example in yeah. a server, right? And it was just like, yeah, yeah, like Peter on the water. He looked at the water, he started to sink, and there you go. And yeah. then he looked up. <laughs> and Jesus was there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it changed everything. Yeah. I, I've written here, I think from another time you've maybe spoke on this, but uh, I wrote this is, this is an ongoing decision. Like it's not, it's continual, right? It's not just a one time thing and everything. <laughs> Right, the the cares of life start to oh, choke sure, out absolutely. the word. Right, yeah, it's it's, it's not just oh well, I'm on the good path now, and there's no more weeds that don't come back next year. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like the cares of life start yeah. to choke out the word, so it's an ongoing, continual decision that you have to make every every single day. Right, when we wake up, when we lay down, when whatever it is. Well, and I would say in the spirit of, I would say. Uh, well, really, the the true Christ way spirit that that's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. When I'm when I say how very human of you, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah. That each of us, as as human beings, are naturally going to be choked out by something. That is the nature of being human: is that we struggle, we fall, we're messy, mm-hmm. messy, messy, messy. And rather than labeling that as something that's bad, it's just part of our humanness. And the, for me, the perspective of setting my, my sights above, the human perspective is I got to look down and I have to take care of myself. I have to survive. I have to figure it out. I have to manage it. That is still, for me, my natural human tendency. Um, when the re- and and left to my own devices if i get disconnected from community if i stop telling the truth if i um 
make decisions based on self to get my own worldly needs met without processing it left to my own human devices. I will always be looking at the ground and I will always feel the impact of that, which is anxiety and depression. I was just thinking that anxiety is the fear of that feeling. And you get this anxiety. Nothing's even changed in the room. Right. You're, you're feeling it for sure. Yeah. Nothing's changed. But, but, but that, it's that perspective. And the shamelessness of that is that, that all of us are wired to look to the ground to take care of ourselves. I, have a, I know that I am biased because I am a therapist. Mm-hmm. And this is part of my training is to watch and observe what people do to survive and cope and get by. If you don't have the perspective that I can look up and everything changes to see things from Christ's perspective, that is, that's what life feels like. Mm-hmm. And so um, I thought about that quite a bit for, I'm feeling prompted to share. So my little brother, he and I have the same childhood, same background, and we are very different in how we experience the world. He, not to say that I don't struggle, he's just in, he's, he struggles. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I, and I, I also struggle. My struggle looks different because I've been on a different path than him. And during the sermon on Sunday, all I could think about was how this would land with him. Hmm. Because last week, the week prior, yeah. he had had kind of nutshell version. Somebody invited him to look up and he did. And he had an experience and he was like, what was that? Yeah. Maybe all these Christian folks are right. So he's, ex- he's just exploring kind of what was that about? So, I, I reached out to him on Sunday and said, I can't stop thinking about you and this message. Uh, if I sent it to you, would you listen to it? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure thing. And he said, um, he, he actually told a story. He texted me a picture of a little bird with no context and, and said, I said, what is this? It, it was like a, like a stained glass bird that you would see hanging in a window with like, you know, a Mm -hmm. a light prism of some kind. And he said, I sat down on a bench uh, to listen to the podcast that you sent the message from Sunday. And, uh, and I, I noticed that I wasn't looking around and Andy was talking about perspective. And I looked down 10 minutes into the podcast and there was this little bird. And for, for my brother, the meaning of this is that it's tied to, um, without getting way into it, but it's it's very meaningful to him. For him, it was a clear sign of some sort. I mean, yeah. a whack in the face level, <clears throat> two by four s- smack of yeah. you are loved, you are where you need to be, you're gonna be okay, mm-hmm. um, and so I th- I think about people in their messiness, in their struggle, in their anxiety. And it really does only take one shift of perspective to see something that will give hope and light and love. So that was the impact that, that Sunday had on my family, yeah. which uh, it, feels, it feels very powerful to me. He says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. I did not bring that out, but what struck me, I didn't, I didn't mention this at all in the message, 
But you're looking for those places where he has uh, execution of dominion and where he oversees, which can be all places when you're there. Um, don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground, right? I couldn't have staged that any better. Absorbed with the things right in front of you. And I love the word choice from uh, Eugene Peterson, absorbed. Right, you're just absorbed with the things right in front of you, mm. whether it's the waves of the water mm-hmm. or stuff in your life or the particular moments or tensions or mm-hmm. what you're lacking or what, whatever, the, whatever the deal is. Absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, be alert to what's going on around Christ. And I think there's a couple things there. One would be to actually, uh, when you're alert, it doesn't mean you're seeing it right away. You're alert for it. Anticipating. Yeah, you can you can know it's there. You're ready. You're mm-hmm. listening for it. You're looking for it. Mm-hmm. You're alert in that way. And then what's going on? And I did make this point. What's going on around Christ? Like, okay, you're here, but what's going on around Him? Mm-hmm. What's the buzz? What's the hum that's happening in the kingdom? And what is His purpose in where uh, in where we are? Mm-hmm. You had experience with that, where you're feeling like. You know, I sense God doing something. I sense God moving in this kind of place. You mentioned several of those things on Sunday. Yeah. For you, you were, you were like, I was drawn. Yep. I stood in the, I was on the prayer team and I was in the back of the room. And I was also uh, kind of helping clean things up. And I felt, I felt drawn to you, Andy. I felt drawn to, I watched Deli fall to his knees mm-hmm. during the worship music. I watched another singer fall to her knees and I knew something was moving. Um. And I would say as a newer believer, um, well, I sh- pre-believer status, I felt drawn to those things, and it scared me. I'm like, what was that? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was, in hindsight, I see how I wasn't, even tr- I wasn't even intentionally trying to shift my perspective. It was almost like I was looking down, and he, the Lord came, and just just barely lifted my face, and, I, and then I would be like, "Whoa!" Mm. Like I would see, I would, I, I wasn't even intentionally trying to shift my perspective. It was just, it was happening. Like he, like he just lifts your chin to look up. Which, as I'm saying, that really does speak to the true nature of God. How loving and gentle and gentle. tender He is mm-hmm. in meeting us exactly where we're at. Patient. Yeah. 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 So initially, those moments where I would feel attuned to that felt very foreign to me. Now I'm, now I I pay very close attention and I anticipate seeing where his energy is. So I think that's a powerful space is to come in and say, I'm looking for you. Mm-hmm. Where are you, Lord, in this, yeah. in this space? And the surrender that we, that we do all the time, right? Where you say it's not just. I'm on the path, and here we go. Yeah. It's a daily. It's an I die daily, Paul said, right, that kind of thing. Our flesh, we, we, we can, if for lack of a better phrase, we can kill our flesh and surrender our flesh, surrender our carnality, our carnal mind. Yeah. And then the next morning, it's his back. His right? back, yeah. Yeah. Reset button. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think about uh, the, the fact that you know, stones in the ground, uh, some friends told me years ago that, in New England, it's very stony ground and rocky. And so to plant crops, you had to remove the stone called field stone. And they would gather it, pile it up, and make these little two-foot-high, three-foot-high fences 
all around a flat stone, and it was the stone that was pulled from the field. So now the field is productive. It can have crops and all that. What do you do with all the stone, all the flat stone? Well, you just, let's make a fence. So you uh, have that. People told me that they would clear the land for a minor garden or, you know, just like this one woman told me that she and her neighbor shared a corner of their lot and we're going to plant a garden together. Cleared all the stones. It was super hard work. They had a pile. Planted a great garden. So excited. Next year, came back and they found more stones. So they had to clear it again. Mm -hmm. And she said, year after year, we've done that. I think it was like seven years she said we've done that. We have a pile of stones you could drive a car behind. So the stones continue to come as God cleans us, as God frees us, as God delivers us. That's not broken. The fact that the stones continue to rise, that's not broken. We were having a conversation the other day about that movie that hammered me in like 98. Excuse me. So like 25 years ago, what I didn't tell you in that conversation was that year, I couldn't remember the, the movie. I mean, I remembered the movie, but I couldn't remember the name. And so from 98, it was probably 2007, so another 10 years. And I looked it up, and the name of the movie was Everything Rises. Mm. Everything Rises, right? These stones that continue to come up. So you have to continue to do work in that area to prepare the soil. And same, I mean, you know, when's the last time you planted weeds? Yeah. They, they just <laughs> they somehow just find their way, don't they? <laughs> they just continue yeah. to come up. And so the awareness of, hey, here's what's trying to choke it out. But I think what's even more powerful is not just my eyes down trying to pull weeds, but what is God doing? Where yes. is he working? And I feel like that's a, I mean, we, I think we incorporate that in our culture here. At least we say it and we try to. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to find out where God is working, where he's moving, and be a part of what he's doing. So where are you? Yeah. Well, and what has always struck me about this idea of dying to live, the kind of the archetype of Christ and his resurrection and his transformation is we are called to constantly, this isn't like a one-time gig where uh, we die to ourselves and then we are made perfect. There is a, it's almost like a, um, I think of the seasons. I think of like the purpose of winter. And as a Californian, winter in Indiana is really hard for me. I get cold. It's really brown. Um, I miss birds. I all of that. I miss light. Deli I miss field, warm. Delhi fields you. Oh yeah. Delhi's not. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Preach. And what is the purpose of like one of my favorite things about being a Hoosier is the experience of the cycle of it all. That winter actually serves a very specific purpose. And when spring comes, as it starts to get warm, I'm so excited because I know that new life is coming and warmth and light. Like the winters of our own lives, the times where we feel like I'm in my perspective or I'm struggling to look up and see it from Christ's perspective, actually serves a very specific purpose, kind of like what you're talking about, that this, you know, the stones continue to come season after season. We are all being called to ask ourselves, is there an area of my life that I am, you know, to use the, the language, do I, is there any area of my life where I need to die to myself so that I can be alive in him who is hidden in yes. me? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it's going to say. I mean, the reading next week is you're dead yeah, and your life is hid with Christ in God, right? 
Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. So one of the things that you just mentioned, which is so strong, is the fact that these these areas of devotion and Mm -hmm. cleansing and discipleship in our lives change from year to year to year to year to year. And Romans 1 talks about moving from faith to faith. And I don't know if that's an upward movement of faith to faith or a downward movement of depth of faith to faith to faith. But the idea that we are called to gather perspective, to look at things in his way, unload some things, and be disciple. Think of your, the first year that you walk with, with Jesus, the first year that you are walking with him. Ronald Reagan might have been president. Like, I don't know, for me, like it was a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still called for that. I'm still called to discipleship. I'm still called to deference to the Lord and to his work and his spirit, but it's different. And I liken it to if you took an orange, and we're going to have orange juice, right? And you squeeze an orange. You know, you give it a squeeze in it. Do you get it all? Well, no. So, you know, squeeze it harder. So, you squeeze, squeeze it harder. Did you get it all? They're like, I, I think we got it all. I said, you don't think there's any juice in that rind? You know how you get juice out of a rind? Pressure. Mm. You get juice out of a rind. It's a totally different gig when you've been living for the Lord 20, 30, 40 years. Right? He's calling you to things. But most of the time, they're much more uh, hidden, frankly. They're much more personal. Uh, they can be public for sure. I'm probably going through a public transformation in my own life that you'll see here even in the next few weeks. I felt it Sunday. But there are these things where um, the stuff that you did or surrendered gave to the Lord's perspective a long time ago. Okay. What about this year? And it's not a earn his favor. It's not a stay saved. It's, it's all about discipleship. And it's all about Christ being formed in us. And so as we journey, for me, the pos- it's almost like a tithe, right? It doesn't matter how much money you make, a tithe is 10% of your giving. It doesn't matter if you make a buck, a hundred million, everybody pays a tithe. It's all 10%. This thing is the same as well. It's all about listening. It's all about surrender. <laughs> so what's the Lord talking to you about? And frankly, what he's talking to you about when you're a new newly minted disciple, new convert, right? The conversion happens, all those things. Powerful and rich, strong, big. You dump some things. And then down the road, you dump some things too, and they, they're not as public. But that's they're just as that, deep, To just me, as that rich. makes perfect sense because from a, an interpersonal relationship standpoint, an attachment standpoint, the idea is that post-conversion, our, uh, our intention, the goal is for me to develop intimacy and closeness with the Lord in a way that I've always longed for on earth. Like I've always longed for closeness, always. In fact, I would, I would go back to moments of my life where there have been the most pain and identify that was because I felt a lack of closeness or even a sense of rejection. As I, the human, become more intimate with God, I expect that the stones of my own heart 
and soul will continue to be pulled out, not because he knows me differently, he's always known, but because I know him differently. I'm different. So our, our capacity for healing, closeness, perspective from... Yeah, even your understanding of the word of God and how it applies. Yeah. How it, it hits you. As that, as that continues to grow and change, then my, frankly, my availability to be changed and to grow in closeness to him also shifts. So to me, that's the most exciting part of this Christian business as a newly minted Christian is what a beautiful gift that I am constantly um, open-handedly before him anticipating that he will keep changing me and keep revealing himself to me and keep pulling out of me anything that is blocking me from his love and his light. Right. Like that's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm thinking of uh, early on, you know, you can unload things, lifestyle things, behavior things, choices, all, you know, all that stuff. You can unload some baggage early mm-hmm. on. And uh, you might do it and know that you're pleasing the Lord, right? And you feel better about it. Like I'm, I'm not. Uh, like the obvious the, the big, the, the, glaring, the big, obvious yeah, things. The big, yeah. You know, and everybody's got a Christian list, and that's your list. Mm-hmm. Down the road, you're unloading things as well. You're growing just as much. Growing just as much. It's just not those huge, big things. And the realization that I'm walking this path with him, and that's a gift. And this yeah. is because later on, you know, this isn't about salvation, it's about discipleship. This is about into me see. Yes. Right? It's about this connection with the Lord, and what a privilege. Then it feels like a privilege. What a gift. He's allowing me to continue to grow. And I might just toss in there. So I've been, I've been walking with the Lord for 30, almost 32 years. Okay, so for folks that have been doing this for over 10, 15, 20 years, uh, if you think you're done growing, you're selling yourself short. You're selling the Lord short. And don't do that. <laughs> Uh, stop. That's my counseling intervention today. Stop. Stop doing that. Yeah. So you don't want to say, well, I guess I figured this all out. And uh, I, I was at, I'm, I'm reminded several times this came to my mind uh, today. I was doing a marriage weekend and it was for a church I pastored. So Melinda and I kind of did the weekend for the married couples there. And, and uh, we were talking about continuing to grow together and learn about each other. And, you know, I was gonna, <laughs> this old boy raised his hand in the back. And he said three things. I can't remember the third one, but he said, well, she knows I like vanilla ice cream and Chevy's. I'm not sure what else we're supposed to be learning about each other. <laughs> that's a true, that's a true story. That's a true story. And I'm like, that guy was like, uh, I don't know, he's like 40 years old. I said, do you have, and he'd been married 20 years. I don't know what else we're going to learn, you know. I said, do you have, one? I just called him out. I'm like, bro, do you have like a foot in the grave? Are we going to? be doing a service for you shortly or you're 40 years old, man. I said, don't you have any other dreams or aspirations? You've checked every single desire of your heart. You've checked every single box that we're telling me. Well, of course not. So God has us in this journey and it's not just the salvation box. Salvation here is one banner, right? And then freedom is a banner and freedom happens just over and over and over. Thank God it does. Over and over. And then redemption is the purposes of your life. 
played out, which change sometimes, probably more often than not, as you grow based on what you've been doing. So Gordon McDonald wrote a book, very famous book in the Christian world called Ordering Your Private World. He probably wrote it in the maybe the 80s, early 80s. I don't know, sometime in that, that window. And so huge public figure, pastor to church, and then like at 50 change and did some other ministry stuff. And, and then I just heard a podcast a couple years ago. He turned 80 and he's starting a new venture of ministry. At 80, he's like, God's talking to me and I feel like he's opening up this whole new pathway for me and I'm going to take a different direction in ministry. The old boy's 80 years old. Mm-hmm. And he and his wife are still married and at that age. And I thought, exactly, that's exactly who I want to be. And it's, there's no shame in that growth, right? It's not mm-hmm. like when, you're, when, you, when this is happening for you every five years, man, there must be something wrong with you. I mean, you figured this out. Yeah, you've been doing this for... If you worked at a factory, <laughs> you've been there 20 years and haven't figured out your job, well, I mean, we get that. But this isn't a factory. This is a supernatural relationship that Paul calls us to take his perspective, his being Christ. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to hop back to chapter one. At the end of chapter one, uh, Paul is saying he... It's Christ, right? He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that, right here, so that we may present everyone fully mature, sanctified, perfected, right, in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy energy Christ so powerfully works inside of me. And I just, I'm thinking about that, like, man, how much are we being open and willing to be taught and admonished, you know, and encouraged in Christ, right? Like being willing to just constantly be on the, I just think of it constantly being on the operating table is what I call it. Like just constantly being ready to be um, just chiseled a little bit, you know, having open hands with our walk, like just being guided and nudged. Like you said, like you said, Tina, like just your head lifted a little bit, you know, directed a little bit. Um, and that, and that's the kindness that he has for us. But I think about that when he's, when he's saying that, like, man, we are, we are sancti- trying to sanctify each other, right? Mm-hmm. He is the one who is teaching us and we're sanctifying each other through that. And man, that is, um, such a great place when the body of believers can do that, right? Body. Like, yeah. Right. Like the body of believers can right. do that. So I, man, I just pray that for our space, right? Yes. And what a privilege. Yeah. I mean, truly the honor of a lifetime. And so to be, to me, the kind of the full circleness of this conversation related to your message on Sunday, which is his perspective, the perspective of Christ. When I am in the muck and in the mess and struggling and it feels heavy and big and over human, when it feels human, mm-hmm. my, my job in, in, this, in the supernatural part of the relationship, the natural part of my job as the human is is to look up. And when I look up, I know when I'm looking up because even the struggle feels like a privilege to be shaped and formed, to die to myself so that I can be alive in him. Not for my own aliveness, but for the aliveness of other people. So that is what Paul says in the book of Colossians. He writes say, it. Yeah. He writes it from an <laughs> Ephesian jail. Yes. Yeah. He says, I am in jail and, what, and I count and, it a joy. Mm-hmm. And w- what greater honor is there 
than to serve each other and to love each other from that space. And, and to recognize that, I don't know why it feels um, uh, put on my heart to, to recognize the spectrum of experiences that our listeners may have, mm-hmm. that there may be some who are, you know, life's going great and I'm just doing mm-hmm. my thing. And then there are others who are really suffering and struggling and that this message is for the whole spectrum of listeners and believers that right where we're at, we are called to look up, to let God take us by the chin and move our eyes just enough so that we can continue to be. And we want to see things the way he sees them, yeah. his yep. perspective. I closed out by telling the story of Stephen stoning mm-hmm. and Christ's perspective during Stephen's stoning was that Christ was watching Stephen. Yeah. He sees us. That's a beautiful and transcendent aspect of his perspective as well, that we can be comforted and know and realize in this junk, I'm not out on my own. He's not on vacation. You know, he's he's not taking a nap. He sees me. I can know that's his perspective. And then also I can look and see things from his perspective about situations and trials and purpose. And you can realize that, man, this is not, this is not super fun. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is working. Mm-hmm. He's working. Tina, how about closing us out? You up for that? Close us out with a prayer yeah, today? Sure. Absolutely. God, thank you for the ways that you are moving and calling and guiding us gently to look to you in all things as individuals, as families, and as a body. We are truly thankful and feel deeply honored and privileged to be your hands and feet with each other and with ourselves and just declaring on behalf of, uh, well, certainly the three of us, but really anyone listening here and on behalf of our, our church family that we are looking to you for your perspective in everything that we do. And we are anticipating that as we, as we continue to look to you, God, that you will, you will move you will let your roots grow down into our lives and, and that you will tug us and call us and uh, deeply move us into the spaces where you want us to be and uh, also declaring that, that we will be faithful and obedient, open-handed, yes, as, as individuals, families, and as a body. So thank you for all that you're doing. Please bless us throughout this week. Be with our families, our children our parents, and thank you for everything. In your name, amen. Amen, amen. So thank you. Great, great talk, friends. Um, I love you all. (laughs) Ditto. Last week, (laughs) first installment was A New Life, His Perspective. This coming Sunday, Lord willing, uh, it'll be the second installment, A New Life his life. So looking forward to not just seeing things as he sees, but have him uh, in us and through us, right? Working with us. Thanks everyone for uh, the gifts that you give of your time to join us today. We appreciate that. Know that you're loved. And uh, Christ way is an experiment. I tell folks, we're going to see if we can build a church from loving people. So know that you're loved. Love y'all. Good to be here today. Thanks for joining us until next time. Take care. (laughs) 